This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian, tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things but at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. Shouldn't you be at work? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Townsend right in there. Houghton also making his presence felt. There's his shot. It's a goal for Ireland. And Ray Houghton has made it 1 0. It's a great run by Michael Owen. And he might finish it off. Oh, it's a wonderful goal. You know him better than anybody, probably. Do you back him to score quickly, yes or no? Yes. Oh, oh. And he has to. No. Hello and welcome back to another Quickly Kevin World Cup special. I'm the World Cup's Chris Skull. Joining me is the World Cup's Josh Widdicombe. Hello. And the World Cup's Michael Marden. Hello. This is the last thing we're looking at in terms of building our bespoke World Cup. We've done the strikers, we've done the midfielders, we've done the goalkeepers. Now we're going to focus on the defenders. But before that, correspondence. I'm Jim Rosenthal and this is the Electronic Post Bag. You've got mail. Okay, this is from Sam Lenthal. Hello, quickly Kevin. I have an anecdote of sorts for the post bag which could provoke similarly interesting or not stories from other listeners. During the 97-98 season, Grimsby Town visited Wembley Stadium twice in the matter of weeks. Firstly, for the auto windscreens final. Secondly, for the Division 2, as it was then, playoff final. We had a young striker at the time called Daryl Clare in the squad. And a friend of mine once told me that a few years later that his family were friends with the Clares. He had been told that if Daryl scored in the auto windscreens final, he had a free Deirdre t-shirt underneath his playing top. (laughs) (laughs) Which he was going to reveal. (laughs) Needless to say, he didn't score and the t-shirt was never revealed. I don't know if this was a ridiculous lie told by my friend at the time or the truth, and I doubt I will ever know. To be perfectly honest, I'm happy to remain ignorant for fear of this perfect nugget of information not being true. I've tracked the dates now, and our Wembley appearance checks out as being in the thick of the Free Deirdre campaign. (laughs) (laughs) I wondered if any other listeners have any other wild t-shirt rumours. Cheers, Sam. 
Wow, that that is a good one. I sound totally feasible. Yeah. I do wonder if before the auto windscreen's final, which is quite a big moment in a young career, you're going to want to be putting on a comedy t-shirt under your shirt. (laughs) Free Deirdre Barlow. Free Deirdre. That thing really gripped the nation, didn't it? When Tony Blair commented. Yeah. (laughs) Do you remember? What would have happened if after the game, whoever they were playing, I'd asked to swap shirts? And if Grimsby had lost, then he's like really depressed. <laughs> that free takes his shirt off and he's got a free Deirdre t-shirt on below it. Is that a free Deirdre Yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool. Sorry, mate, why are you wearing that? He just thought it'd be funny if I scored. Or if he took both his, his football shirt and the free Deirdre shirt off in one go. And the opposition <laughs> yeah. player wouldn't notice they go back to the dressing room. Yeah. But when we had uh, when we had David May, we had David May in the when we did our live show in uh, Manchester, and he told us that Eric Cantona was a big fan of Coronation Street and used to watch it a lot in, the, oh, in yeah. when he was sharing a room with him. Yeah, so he must have been gripped by this free digital. Oh yeah, he must have. And I wonder if that injustice probably fired him on. I wonder if Cantona also had the uh, the free Deirdre T-shirt, but obviously he'd get booked a lot, and uh, maybe picked up a yellow card, scored didn't want to reveal the t-shirt fear of getting a second yellow <laughs> yeah, and ascending off second yellow what a way to go there's then. a whole series I... of footballers that have been <laughs> they've not been allowed to show their dear Deirdre t-shirts not dear Deirdre don't muddy the waters now we'll never get we'll never free Deirdre at this rate um Ravinelli, he actually made a mistake. He meant to put on a T-shirt about um, Tiff being killed by Frank Butcher in a car accident. <laughs> and he played for Middlesbrough. Um, I think this is a thing that quickly Kevin audience could really get behind. Bringing back the free Deirdre campaign. Yeah. Do you know what? You'd sell a lot of those T-shirts if you had them now. Yeah. Um, well, I heard, I don't know if this is true, that when Arsenal played Man U for their 50th game unbeaten, when they lost... They all had T-shirts with 50 not out on oh, underneath no. their T-shirts. And man, you knew about it and were trying to rip their shirts off them. That's how oh, the fight the started. End, really? But I don't think that's true, because why wouldn't that be you more known? No manager's going to let him do that, unless it's like there's an advantage to let him do it. But do you remember when Ian Wright had uh, 179 just done it? on the? He had a vest on. Oh, it, yeah. He was, he was on to break Arsenal's goal-scoring record. And he scored the first... He had to score two in a game, I think, to do it. And he scored the first one and took the shirt off and said 179, but he was on 178 at the time. Oh, no. Oh, only when he scored the second, he did it again <laughs> in the same game. Uh, thank you for all your correspondence. We'll get through more of it in the next series and in the final episode of these World Cup specials. But now, Chris. Okay, so we're going to look at full backs and central defenders. We've all brought one of each variety. And now we're going to discuss... People will vote to create our dream team. Remember, these are not... I repeat, not the best players. These are the ones that meant the most to us. Yeah, right. So I would like to offer up, as my fullback, England's Gary Neville. He's there in 1998. He's also there in Euro 96 too. And also, I just love everything about Gary Neville. Yeah. I love his attitude. Yeah. I love the fact he works really hard. I love the fact he's a brilliant pundit. He tells it like it is. He's funny. He's chirpy. And he's been there. Some of the biggest moments for England in the 90s. He was there. And you forget that with Gary Neville. You do, actually. I love him. I love Gary Neville. Did you before he became a pundit? Or have you totally changed your view on him? One of the things that made me love him, even though, even though it was world-class shithousery, but when Man United uh, equalized, oh, scored against Liverpool and he ran up to the Liverpool fans at Old Trafford was like grabbing his shirt yeah like 
he and also I love when he didn't shake Peter Michael's hand. You know, Peter Michael was playing for City, and they meet in the tunnel, and Michael's the captain, and Neville, Gary Neville's the captain that day, and he goes to shake his hand, and Gary Neville just mugs him off. Does he? It's a, have you seen this clip? No, I wouldn't last five minutes in a football dress because <laughs> if someone refused to shake my hand before a game, I'd be broken. <laughs> I'd be absolutely gutted, wouldn't you? There's a really great clip of Roy Keane. I can't remember what the game was. I think it was a Champions League game. You know when they used to walk along like in a line on the pitch yeah. and all shake hands? Roy Keane walks along as United captain shaking all hands and the last two players are sort of down filling with their boots or their socks when he gets to them. And he sort of goes like that, looks at them with contempt and just walks off past them. And they both get up and they're just like trying to shake his hand. And he's just like, Amazing. Oh, fuck you. I Good choice, Gary Neville. I wouldn't associate him with the 90s, bizarre. I know. Yeah, I forgot he was at Euro 96. He's one of those players where you go, like, Phil and Gary, it's like, yeah. they were there much earlier than you thought. He's in the thick of it. In, in uh, England, Argentina, he's uh, in France 98, he starts. He's the first choice. Do you want my choice? Yeah. It's quite a different level in terms of uh, how much we know about them and the quality of them. But I can't tell you how funny it was when I had the World Cup 90 sticker album that there was a South Korean player called Goosang Bum. Because <laughs> <laughs> when you're seven, the fact that one player has the word bum, <laughs> just B-U-M, spelt the same as a bum, is his surname. It's, in his, it's a word for an arse. I can't tell you how funny I found Goosang Bum when I was seven. And it's always stuck with me. And... I, I googled him today 63 appearances he's played in World Cup 90 and World Cup 94 he was a big player for South Korea but his surname was Bum and for that reason alone he's my favourite fullback well I, I feel like we should stop the vote there there's no, there's no way he's not going to win <laughs> do we have anything else on him? nope <laughs> I can show you his sticker because obviously we've got the sticker album here there's Goosang Bum can I just say as well Going back to this World Cup 90 sticker album we discussed in a previous podcast, it's a great example of how much older people looked than their years. I was just yeah. thinking that. that these, these South Korean players all look in their 40s. <laughs> I know, now I know Yugoslavia is not the easiest place to live in those days. But, <laughs> That's putting it mildly. But, but yeah, yeah, something like that. Check out this 28-year-old defender, Zoran Valic. Look I'm at him. Mean, he looks like he's 45. Yeah, he looks like a 45-year-old plumber. Moustaches age people astonishingly. I've said it. <laughs> but going back, my favourite fullback is Goosang Bum. Tough act to follow. Uh, but my fullback choice is uh, Marcos Evangelista de Marias, a.k.a. <laughs> <laughs> a.k.a. Cafu. Cafu. Oh, now, obviously... Yeah. Cafu, Gary Neville and Gusang Bum. <laughs> Together at last. <laughs> the holy trinity. Dream dinner party. Now, obviously, Cafu's a legend, and we're not picking the best players, yeah. not for that reason. But he, you know, just to give you a few of his stats, he is still the only man to play in three consecutive World Cup finals in uh, 94, oh, that is, 98, that is, that is and 2002. Yeah. That's a great stat. He's the most capped Brazil player of all time. Wow. Uh, but the reason I pick him is because when I I was a fullback, a terrible fullback mm. at youth football, but we were always told, and it was instilled in us, just don't go forward, hold the yeah. line. You rarely went past the halfway line, and a lot of that was built on obviously your ineptitude as a player, but also there just weren't marauding fullbacks. Yeah, like yeah. it wasn't a thing. Like you barely had any wingbacks in English football. So when he came along, and that generation of Brazilian wingbacks came along, 
I was like 16, 17 at the time. And I basically tried to transform my game <laughs> as a fullback. It's like Cafu, he's like dynamic and he's quick and he's technical and he tracks back and he can cross the ball and he's skillful. The problem was I was none of those things. Yeah. So course. I would regularly maraud down the right wing, overlap my right midfielder, get totally exposed tactically. The, either we would concede a goal or the right centre back, who was this older guy when I was playing Saturday in Sunday League football, would just ball me out like understandably absolutely crucify me to the point where I was just stopped getting selected for the team oh wow Cafu ruined your Ca- football so Cafu ruined what was the tail end of my teenage football career and for that reason he is my choice yes yeah, great choice but I've got to say again Gusang Bum <laughs> his surname is Bum <laughs> Hello listeners, before you listen to part two of this World Cup special episode, unfortunately towards the end of the episode we had some mic issues on Chris's mic and you will hear a noticeable difference in the uh, sound quality. Hopefully it doesn't diminish the enjoyment of the episode too much. Thanks. Right, centre-back. Here's the thing with my centre-back. I'm not picking him, I don't really know much about him, I I know the basics, but I'm picking him for one particular incident. England versus Argentina. Michael Owen's goal on 16 minutes. Who's the guy who's like right to the le- extreme left of the picture? The super sweeper. I'm trying to figure out who it was. Is it Roberto Ayala? So Michael Owen, 16th minute. Roberto Ayala, ridiculously deep. We've talked about it on this podcast before. That's the camera yes. pans less when he yes, takes off. He, just he comes out of nowhere. nowhere. Like, what is he doing? Is he having a chat with the keeper? Yeah, that's such a good point. And, it's a bit like on one of those games like Golden Axe. <laughs> yeah, we've when the screen had pan across, there'd be more baddies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We've, we've talked about it on here before, but I think it's worth reiterating. It's insane how deep Roberto Ayala yeah. is for that Michael Owen goal. <laughs> I mean, it catches me out every time when you think Owen's broken through the defence and you see the guy who's like on the edge of the area. But then he does nothing. <laughs> he's so like flat footed. And Lopez almost getting away with it, but Ince spotted that danger in a flash and finds Beckham. Beckham now to Owen, and here's another Owen run. He's going to worry them again. It's a great run by Michael Owen, and he might finish it off. Oh, it's a wonderful goal! What an amazing moment in Michael Owen's young career. A fantastic run that frightened the Argentinians, and a most unerring finish beyond Roa to make it 2-1 England. A terrific moment. Well, you just don't do this. At 28 years of age, let alone 18, he runs at people, the pace is frightening, but the finish is unbelievable. Well, he ran for the penalty, and he's frightened the life out of them here. He holds off the number three, Shamot. He swings past the number two, Ayala, and then he's faced by Ra, and then he finds the corner of the net. And he's just 18 years old. He's not 19 till December. OK, Josh, who have you selected for defenders? I think I'm going to go with Phil Babb. Whoa. I think he's the most quintessentially 90s person there's ever been. He's the ultimate player that was bought off the back of a tournament but was never quite as good as he was. Yeah. Gary Br- young, actually, maybe Carol Paborski is the uh, ultimate one of them. <laughs> um, but Phil Babb, he was amazing in USA 94. I remember when Liverpool bought him, I thought he was going to be a 
brilliant, but of course he wasn't because he played for Coventry. You, I, yeah. I think this idea that a player is suddenly discovered at a World Cup is so rare. Yeah, well, even it's, rarer when they play in your domestic league already. Yeah, yeah, when you know everything about them. You've watched him play 38 games that season. He hasn't suddenly become a world beater at four <laughs> tournament games. Yeah. Coventry would have had Kobe Jones and Phil Bennett at the same time. They were the team of USA They 94. were the team of USA 94, yeah. They also had a strike of the World Cup pup up front. Um, <laughs> Oh, by the way, I found out a detail about Strike of the World Cup pup the other day. Uh, that in the original drawings, he was holding the ball under his arm, and they had to point out to the Americans that he wasn't allowed to do that in football. <laughs> oh, come on, it's clearly pre match. Well, that's interesting because Footix is holding the ball under his arm. So they, well, yeah, but they presume the French were doing that for artistic yeah. reasons. I said it again, it's his wing. <laughs> uh, Phil Babb, obviously, uh, <laughs> we have to remember he once slid into a post and hit his balls. <laughs> Um, I can't believe we haven't talked about this. No. What, who was it? It was for Liverpool, wasn't it? Was against, it? Chelsea. Yeah, against Chelsea. It was an astonishing... scores, I think. Yeah. It? it was, um, amazingly, someone I worked with, he, when that goal was scored, and then Kazaragi, for him, runs to the crowd and celebrates, mm. my friend is the guy that hugs him in the crowd. Oh, like, it's a young version of him, like, hugging Oh, him. wow. Yeah, it's insane. That's an amazing claim to fame. Yeah. Have you ever been involved in big football incidents is a great question uh, hello uh, yes. quickly Kevin Dockle were you stood next yeah. to Matthew Simmons <laughs> <laughs> you know when Phil Babb slid into uh, the, the post with his balls yeah you know David James had to have counselling like Peter Schmeichel with David Boost <laughs> no it's not <laughs> <laughs> the game was delayed for 15 minutes was it no of course not. had to pour sand over the area <laughs> Um, I watched it back the other day. Phil Bowman, he slides in, he hits the post, and it's like, it crunches. I mean, he goes in at such a pace. Yeah. And I kind of thought, oh, he's all right. And then suddenly it like cuts, and clearly like a long period of time has passed, and he's riding an agony <laughs> later in the incident. Like, it was a bit like, almost like he passed out in the moment. See, I'm like, going to say it. I think it's one of those comedy injuries that you think probably would hurt less than it looks like. Do you know what I mean? Well, it's one of those ones where well, it's too neat. If he, it depends where the impact yeah. happened. Like if yeah. it's caught him sweet, anatomically, I'm I'm surprised he ever got up again. But <laughs> it catches like exactly between his legs at thirty miles an hour. So I like, there's no. It's thirty that, miles like, an hour. Does it, here's an interesting question. Does Phil Bab have any kids? <laughs> oh, yes. Hello, Well, that's the other '90s fact I know about Phil Bab. When he, because he was kind of a quintessential Spice Boy. He dated Joe Guest. Oh, really? He's got to be the most 90s person you could ever date. Maybe Danny Bear. Maybe Danny Bear. (laughs) Do I remember this right? Alex Ferguson said that everyone keeps dumping Danny Bear was the thing that drove him on to be a great... (laughs) To sleep with his brother's wife. (laughs) (laughs) Do you reckon Alex Ferguson... No, Fergie definitely did have a word. The word? The word. (laughs) (laughs) Fergie hated the word, which was... Bittersweet for Terry Christian because he was getting free tickets of Danny Bear. So, uh, round the houses a bit, but I went with Phil Bab. <laughs> Michael. Okay, so I have gone with uh, Paraguay's Carlos Gamara. Went out with Anna Friel. <laughs> so basically, he was, I don't know if you remember, he was a defender who scored an own goal against England in the 2006 World Cup when Beckham yeah. took the free oh, kick. Yeah. And it was at the time the fastest own goal in World Cup history. Really? Yeah. Did we score that early? It was really quick. So basically, rewind eight years to France 98 and Paraguay. They were at the World Cup for the first time. Yeah. 
1986. They were in a group with Spain, Bulgaria and Nigeria and they weren't expected to get out of that group. They drew 0-0 against Spain. They drew 0-0 against Bulgaria. They beat Nigeria 3-1 and they went through in second place. And then they eventually lost to France 1-0 but only via a golden goal. So they only conceded two goals in four games that whole tournament to vastly superior opposition. Thanks mostly to his exploits and obviously Chilever, who controversially we left out of the goalkeeper choices. But the amazing thing is, and this is why I picked him, is that Gamara played every single minute of every one of those games in the World Cup. And yeah. he didn't concede a single foul in the entire World <laughs> Cup, which I think is an incredible, incredible fact. Is he not aware of game management? <laughs> <laughs> what you, you're implying? He's so classy a defender. Yes, he didn't. He didn't concede a foul. So he played against Trezeguet, Henri, Djorkaev. These are future World Cup winners yeah. during that tournament, and he couldn't get near them. Stoichkov. <laughs> but if he hadn't gone near them, then that team would have been comfortably beaten. But they drew nil-nil with Spain, so they shut out Raúl. They drew nil-nil with Bulgaria, so Stoichkov didn't score against yeah. them, and he was marking most of those players that time, and he didn't con- concede a single foul. That is Maldini-esque. Yeah. In is that brilliant. like? I've never never heard of football being being held up for not committing a foul. A central defender not committing a foul it's a, is an uh, incredible feat. The only feat. comparable thing is Gary Lineker never being booked, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I looked, I looked, I thought I heard that about Gary Lineker being booked. I was yeah. like, oh, that's good. But yeah. I'm not sure, like, not committing a foul yeah. is like. I don't think I don't think I'd commit a foul if I played in four games against those guys. I, I, I think I agree. I think you're both absolutely no. Insane. Because if you think about it, right? If I was playing at centre back, is he a centre back? Yeah. Yeah. For Paraguay, I think I'd be so slow and out of position that I wouldn't be able to concede a foul in any situation. In fact, I'd stop free kicks by playing people on side. <laughs> So you know how people say if they played up front for a team all season they would score a goal at the highest level. Yeah. I think yours that's the equivalent of this you're saying. You would accidentally commit a foul. How? Well, which how which foul? Are. So you you would ha- you can't just stand on the halfway line. So you have to actively mark Trezeguet. Yeah, but you've got So so at some you point aware you're aware how fast these people Yeah, are. I, I am aware, but at some point you've got to put a tackle in and you've got to miss time a tackle. They're not good enough that they can dodge every mistimed tackle. I think they are. It's just trying not to commit fans. No, no, I'm playing normally. Play normally. You have to tackle them, yeah. You have to play. Like, you you know, you're marking people from I corners. I don't think, though. Yeah, at corner. But I think the thing with corners, I don't think you realise how strong these people are. I don't think <laughs> I would ever be done for holding at a corner. Yeah. It would be like at Chris's wedding, we were playing with some eight-year-olds and a little game of Yeah, it would side. be like that. <laughs> you could just hold them off easily. Yeah. yeah. We talked about this. It might be Matt Letizia, but you said, like, what would happen if we played a game? And he and he said, "You wouldn't get near the yeah, ball. Yeah. Like you yeah. wouldn't even like." We asked him if we, if one of us would score, and he gave us a look of such contempt. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you think you are? So I don't think I'd score. I don't think I'd commit a foul. Well, I. <laughs> There's yeah. no, there's no way of proving this. Wow. Well, well, listen, listen, it's an interesting to debate. Why don't we put it out to the listeners? As, a, as another vote, as an alternative poll. Yeah. Why Josh commit a foul if he played ninety minutes? Of no, four, four World Cup, four World Cup games. Four, 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 wow, are you going to put yourself through that? <laughs> well, I'd be knackered. You're that you're getting out of the group stage. I'm not sure. Oh yeah, that's the problem. We probably wouldn't get out of the group stage. <laughs> okay, so that's our defenders. Yeah. Go on to our social media, Twitter. You can vote on your favourite. Well, two of those three fullbacks will choose. Two of those three centre backs will be chosen, and then that will complete the ultimate '90s World Cup team. Before we go, here's Jim Rosenthal to tell you how to get in touch. Get in touch with the show. Email hello at quicklykevin.com. 
Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at QuicklyKevin and sign up to the mailing list at quicklykevin.com. And finally, the quiz. I'm hosting the quiz. There's only one question that we can really ask, isn't there? Which minute did England score against Paraguay in their first game of 2006? We discussed it originally. Oh. So what I want is the, the minute as given by the BBC. Earliest known goal ever scored at a World Cup. Yeah. Three, three minutes. Okay. Michael? Well, I was going to say two minutes, but I feel like I'm going to hedge my bets and say four because then I've opened up the rest of the Doesn't field. matter either way. The answer was three minutes. Oh, oh. Yes, yes, please. Yes. When I went, there's a lot of history of England early World Cup goals giving false hope. Obviously, the one in the semi final this year, the one in the semi final in '96, and then that's the Euros. But that also in 2006, it really felt like, well, this is happening. Yeah. yeah. Just a tip if England ever score in the first 10 minutes, this isn't happening. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, like, just to look at that game against Croatia through the lens of Euro '96, it had the same ingredients, missed chances, an early goal. I think I said to you, like, this is Euro '96. This. Yeah, you said it eight, eight or nine times. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, uh, I believe I get to choose a song soon as I won the quiz. Yeah. And I've yeah. got to go for Cast Walk Away. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.